Today's episode of the City of Smack podcast on the City of Smack podcast network is brought to you by Momentus. Get your hands on the cleanest and safest supplements on the market. Over the past couple weeks, I've been able to try Momentus as one of the newest additions to my training regimen as I set out to break five minutes for the mile this summer and then chase a sub three marathon this fall. It is NSF certified for sport, which means you can trust and believe that what's on the label matches up with what's actually in the package. That's an awesome peace of mind to have as an athlete. Momentus works with athletes in running, cycling, rock climbing, skiers, and even NFL football players. At the same time, they're also delivering results when it comes to working with recreational runners and people like me that just want to push themselves to their best. One of the reasons I think I haven't lived up to my potential on the track, and I'm talking specifically about that sub five mile for me, is my struggles with recovering after training. So of course, lots of things play into that. You've got the fact that I stay up late editing these shows for you guys. I've got a ton of other work to do, but the most important component goes back to sleep that's where momentous elite sleep has come into the picture the melatonin included in this unique formula is the most heavily researched sleep supplement it's got magtine which is a highly bioavailable form of magnesium that has been shown to reduce feelings of stress anxiety and worry it's also got wild jujube seeds which has helped cut down on slight insomnia symptoms and waking up randomly in the middle of the night So I've been feeling a difference for sure and waking up much more refreshed. So try it for yourself. City of Smag podcast listeners will generously receive 20% off their first order of Momentus by using the promo code Sidious at checkout when you visit livemomentus.com. That's Sidious at checkout for 20% off your first order, whether it's the sleep formula, plant protein, whey protein, it, live it, prove it, livemomentus.com. Use promo code Sidious at checkout. Big love to the backers on Patreon who keep this show going strong by covering some of our hosting expenses and backing all the projects that we have from City of Smag. Throw us a couple bucks, whether it's a dollar, five bucks, or as high as someone went recently and giving us 50 bucks a month. I'm super grateful for the support. Your help helps us put together events and coverage uh, for projects in the future. It's much appreciated. So thanks to Jeremy Margolis and Adam Smith, who stepped up and signed up on patreon.com slash Mag. You can also show your support by picking up a sweater, crew neck, or t-shirt over at SidiousMag.com and hitting the merch tab. We actually just came out with a brand new design for the spring, so go and check that out as well. My guests for today's episode are Chris and Tim Heisler. Chris is a good friend of mine who I've known for about six years now. He's one of the nicest people and a huge fan and supporter of all things running. He worked with Weston as their run concierge for a couple years and really got to work with runners at events all across the country at all different levels, whether you were running a marathon in four and a half or five hours or a marathon in two and a half hours. He has an eye for what the general running community is into and how to try and connect that elite side and the rest of the pack together. And he's been working with his brother uh, to launch the Knob Creek Jogging Club. And I can't wait for you guys to hear more about it because at first when they told me about the idea, I, I felt the same way some of you might when you hear the word jogger or jogging. You get a little bit defensive about it. You're like, no, I'm a, I'm a runner. I'm not a jogger. There's nothing wrong with being a jogger. I've actually embraced it. We've got shirts up on the Studios Mag uh, shop that say Hobby Jogger. I've rocked that a couple times. So in this episode, you'll get to know the two brothers a little bit better and what they want to do to try and flip the connotation of the word jogging or jogger for the running community through the help 
of bartenders, which is an entire industry and community that has been hit really hard with the pandemic. So in this episode, my friend Ryan Welsh, who's co-hosted with me in the past, joins for a fun chat that we recorded back in mid-January. The program is out now, so you can hear more for yourself or if you've got a friend of yours who's a bartender and how to get involved at the end of the show. So without further ado, here are Chris and Tim Heisler. All right, this is, I think, the first live show I've done in so long. I've got my recurring co-host, Ryan Welsh, and then I'm joined by two friends of mine, Chris Heisler and Tim Heisler. Guys, it's so nice to see your faces. Yeah, faces are uh, unprecedented currently, other, other than my family. So I haven't even seen Timmy's face in a long time. It's good to be here, my man. It is nice to see people not on Zoom. <laughs> it's nice to see people not on Zoom. Yeah, so I mean, like, how how weird has this time been for for both of you guys? Just kind of life being totally like upended. Uh, Chris, I guess you in particular, you started a new job during the pandemic as well. As a result of the pandemic, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think at, there will come a time, two, three years from now, I'm like, not that it was a good thing that happened to me, but I I always hear the cliche when you get let go from a job people say oh don't worry you'll be happy about it down the road you'll find a different type of happiness and thus far that proves to be correct uh i joined a good colleague of mine out in la we have our own little creative agency and um it's it's been a like a two three hour phone call every day with this guy and it's really nice to be our own boss what about you tim the pandemic how's it been <laughs> yeah. oh man <laughs> um how have you been brutal Brutal. It's been tough. I mean, I I work in the food and beverage and hospitality industry as a American whiskey ambassador for Beam Suntory. So the majority of my work was predominantly with bartenders and restaurants and hotels and all that stuff. So it's been um, it's been tough. It's been sad. Um, and like I said, now we kind of shifted from living on the road, traveling up and down the East Coast to working on a computer and on Zoom. Um, I got glasses. Um, I'm not very good with technology or computers and phones. So it's been a very, I mean, how many times we use the word pivot in our day, you know, but uh, I guess I can now kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, see that vaccine and see people slowly and, and very hopeful to see a lot of um, hospitality community come back stronger than ever. Yeah, actually, um, I'm not sure if you guys knew, but Chris and I spent the earliest part of quarantine, like the depths of it, when when it got hit real hard with my aunt and uncle, who also owned a restaurant. And we we saw, you know, very closely how hard this hit the food and beverage industry, and and you know, every week since then, just being so close to it, like that's that's been so close to us as well. And so I, I kind of like to ask them all the time, and, and so I, I'd like to ask you guys, um, you know. What does your gut say? And this can just be a guess. It's not like a projection based on data. What does your gut say? Like, when when will we be back at a point where we can all be in a bar together? And what will that look like? I'm I'm extremely hopeful that by, I want to say, mid to late summer, it's coming back slightly, um, maybe comfortably, like even to sit in a bar seat because we can't even do that in New York City right now or most places can even sit in a bar seat. Only a few states can you do that in. Um, what it will look and feel like, I think is going to be beautifully chaotic. 
Like it's, I think it's going to be, I mean, people always talk about the roaring twenties and what created that, like what, what was before it and what, and how people felt when they, when they finally came out of that. Right. And, um, man, I just can't wait to give people hugs. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's so many people and places I just can't wait to see. And I think it's, it's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be more tears that I'm, that I'm ready for, but like really good ones, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so to give the listeners a little bit of background on you guys, uh, because, you know, on this show, we regularly interview professional runners, coaches and that kind of stuff. And we're, we're going to take a step back because I just sometimes love to have friends on here. And so, Chris, you and I connected for the very first time back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, Props we, to Dan Cruz. Dan Cruz. We were at a rock and roll race um, out in San Antonio. Uh, we got to go to a Spurs game with Meb. That was awesome. And Howie. And yeah, and we're Howie Kofleski. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a, that was a great time. And I think what really stood out to me, sort of about you, was just your enthusiasm for the sport, and especially, I guess, because you know this was at that point in 2015 where the U.S. Olympic marathon trials were a couple months away, and you know the dominating conversation anytime something like that is on the horizon is who's your top three. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting together and. That's all we kind of debated for sort of an hour. Uh, and, you know, I got to know you as sort of like a, a running fanatic and like junkie just who keeps up with all the news, just like I do. But at the same time, what I enjoyed was that you had uh, in your role at the time with uh, Weston, uh, it was a connection to the the back of the pack as well and sort of motivating people to to get out for runs and like the people who are out there for you know their first ever marathon it was four hours so I'm very curious to sort of where did this all sort of begin for you um maybe it's like before even running like your involvement in sport and getting you know people out there let's be honest though Chris I mean when we sat together in San Antonio I was uh well behind the mark of where you were. I mean, you were dropping numbers and statistics. <laughs> I was like, damn, this guy, like I, I think I'm kind of a running nerd. Dan Cruz wasn't kidding me. He's like, You're gonna like this guy, Chris Chavez. I was like, All right. And I would be dropping like, you know, Meb or Desi, and he'd be like, Yeah, they just did that five K and such and such split. I'm like, What what? Uh so props to you. I think there's nobody more respected in the sport of track and field than you are. And on no, I we are that. lucky to have you as an advocate for the sport just a nerd but yeah you know we all are <laughs> in our own in our own right but you nerded out and I, maybe you want to work harder uh i believe that the sport of running and i still do has a, a problem on its hands that the back of the pack um perhaps might identify too much with the front of the pack so we watch a football game we mm-hmm. were like man i could never do that can never catch a ball like that and therefore we're more interested to watch it and then we see someone um, whether it's a Kipchoge or a Desi run, we're like, well, I do that too. So maybe there's a, a disconnect in this sport and why it still doesn't get the viewership we want it to get from a quote-unquote non-runner, even though everybody runs. Um, Not everybody. We're going to get to that. <laughs> we're going to get to that, yes, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, I started running 20 years ago. My brother and I, John, did our first marathon in Philadelphia. Uh, we bought the same Asics jacket. We <laughs> thought we were so cool walking up in our team of two not cool it, we we rightfully i would talk about nerds man and and i remember finishing that marathon tim ironically enough ran the last like 20 uh, yards next to me uh, along and the by fences. the way was this still 
same course it is today. And yeah. was it mid to kind of late November? That's the one. Yes. Yeah, so like <laughs> super chilly day. Yeah. Like cuddled up in the in the start corral. Oh, like, yeah. How am I going to ever do this? Correct. Yeah. yeah. First marathon yep. bundled up in my my jacket afterwards. Could not move for two days. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, remember. I remember I, I was my body was like, what the hell did you just put me through? And then a week later, I was like, we should probably do this again. <laughs> uh, and and since then, my brother and I have decided to try to run a marathon in every state. Yeah, um, what number are you up to now? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. And there are some marathons where I, I feel like I get to be at the front, and then there's other marathons where I might might not be as trained, and um, more the middle of the pack or back of the pack. It doesn't matter. I think mm-hmm. the beauty is we we all put the work in to show up, and that's the perspective. Uh, the perspective that the job of the the Western job gave me was I got to stand at the finish line. I had to from my role and watch everybody finish. I didn't really have to, it was just something I chose to do. And my appreciation for the back of the pack only went up. So much so that I actually thought the best stories were at the back. Mm-hmm. Not, and I always took, uh, I always put the front of the pack as the, the top. Those are the ones that work the hardest. Those are the ones that I identify with. That's, that's elitist and that's bullshit. Because whether you're running a three hour marathon or 430, it does not mean somebody worked harder or didn't. You, you both put the effort in mm-hmm. and I lost, I lost it m- more when I saw somebody come in around five hours than when someone comes in on a three for the first time. I mean, lost it They're They are running for something way more meaningful. At least that's how I experienced it. Mm-hmm. I know like there's times where, you know, I love sort of having that conversation of like, so now how do we connect the two and like the two the two of us are like very great with like coming up with as many ideas that we want to throw out there gene mile (laughs) exactly it is like you want to see the pros do something you want to see you know everyone find this sort of common ground what were some of the boldest ideas that you kind of came up with over time because it's like i know people love the expos where you know you can have a meet and greet for like maybe you know a minute with you know, Meb. Meb is great about sort of trying to establish that connection with like the back of the pack. The problem is we just don't have hundreds of Mebs in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in your view, I guess, w- assessing things, what what did you see was a deterrent in sort of making that connection that we need to kind of take down a little bit? They're human. I've run with Meb a couple of times and the more I ran with him, the more I realized even though he's running a 208, 209, I was like, jeez, you're, you're not human. He is. He eats like I do, maybe a little bit less, maybe like a bird sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, when we ran with this one time and I'm like chastising myself on a run, oh my God, I can't keep up with you, I'm the worst. He pulled me aside. He's like, dude, stop doing that. That does, that does no good for you. He's like, I used to run this loop at sub fives and today they're 540s per mile. He didn't say that with, he was humble about it. He's like, just run where you're at today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this guy's he's human. I think what we need to do more of, which I st- I'm seeing the Naz Elite do the best. You know, your stuff with Scott is amazing. Um, I, I want to see the Dezes, the Mebs um, do something that's not running. So I spoke to Galen after the Philadelphia Half one time. And I was like, dude, I know you're a gamer. He's a huge gamer. Next time you're in Philly, if I brought a PlayStation to your hotel room, would you let me do content with you for 10 minutes, man, you're just playing FIFA? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, that's, I love that idea. And I'm like, I just saw Galen Rupp as human for a second because people see him as robotic. And the content that he does not do, he's not on any social media, only fosters that story. We come in the angle of like, I want to play you at FIFA. And now we let a crowd who's gamers see one of America's greats 
play FIFA <laughs> with he, someone. Did he absolutely crush you? In he, FIFA? We never got the chance because he never came back to Philly. But I was, I mean, uh, Matt Turnbull was right there to witness this conversation. He's like, that's, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Th- this is for the taking, whether it's Scott talking about burritos, Meb talking about his kids, Des talking about whiskey. It's how do we get these elites to talk about things that we can identify with that is not running? Because I don't think most runners today identify as runners. Mm-hmm. They are refined as people as runners. But running is just a part of their life. And if we see the elites, that's all they do? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Tim, what did you make of sort of just like Chris getting this deep into the running scene? It's 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 always been interesting to me, and I'm you know in our family for a very long time have been the hashtag running sucks anti <laughs> and yeah I've always I've gone to the rock and roll races when he was there. So I mean when you mentioned like Dan Cruz and like I would ride on the press trucks and I met Meb. So the, I am. Um, I understand, and I know a lot of these names in the running community, but it's still uh, quite foreign to me. Other yeah, but than see, having Timmy on a press truck is good content. Oh, 100%. I'm and, just and thinking how much fun that would be. Oh, you my don't gosh. do this enough. <laughs> I had, I had a, they gave me a megaphone, and I was just yelling at everyone, like pumping people up, giving because at one point the press truck is, whatever, we're going north, and there's a bunch of other runners uh, back of the back of the pack, you know, running south mm-hmm. on the road, and I'm just mega, just yelling like "You got this!" and high fives and stuff, and it was, it was so so much fun, and a lot of everyone else in the press truck was really watching the two three people in the lead. I'm like, I don't know who they, I don't know who they are. Yeah, but everyone, you know, it as was as much as yeah. we want the Tony Romo of running, mm-hmm. like Des did that perfectly recently. There's a lot of clout and power of having somebody who has no idea what they're talking about. Right, ask good questions about. Well, what does that mean? And that's why I usually like to bring Ryan to yeah. sort of like these yeah. events. <laughs> yes. It's it's because, you know, I think Ryan is one of these people who we're trying to hook. And he's a s- success case, for me at least. Like where, <laughs> where, where Ryan came into this sport and we were just talking about this, you know, before we started recording. He ran a marathon before he even like raced on the track once. and But now at the same time, like... He, I, I'll get him credentialed to the Milrose games because I want to see what he would ask Donovan Brazier. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be your typical sort of like question um, that you would get from just like the old school press reporters. And so I, I just think like it's the extra fun component that's missing to, to bring uh, to the media coverage of the sport. Totally. Could well, agree more. And I, I would wonder this question. I don't have a stance on this, but I've heard a couple of people in running circles bring this up because it, it's getting bigger in other sports. What do you think about gambling on running, track and field events specifically, and would that help the sport gain notoriety amongst normal people? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 100%. yes. 100%. People have drawn analogies with NASCAR and horses. They're doing the same thing. They're going around a track. Yeah, yeah. Why are they successful? Because I, I you can bet yeah. on it. Yeah. My big idea is that you don't even need the top end of the sport to participate in like the gambling portion. If you wanted to start an alternate track league, uh, that is just like kind of, you know, it's not the diamond league or whatsoever. You just kind of set up a separate sort of track. league. this is just something, this is a, an ultimate shower thought I've had. Uh, and this is a long shower probably where I'm just like, how can I revolutionize the sport a little bit? And it's like starting an alternate track league where you don't even need like the pros of like the, the Matt Centrowitz or like the Craig Engels to participate in this. You can just get like the top four guys who barely made the NCAA final. Maybe they've run a sub four minute mile here and there. That's something that people could get really hyped up about. You have them race. It's a little bit more unpredictable because there's no stud in the race that makes the gambling component a little bit more interesting. Um, I'll take it one step further. Yeah. And I'll challenge you right now. 
I know you want to go sub five. I know. Hit the over under. That's a great we thing. We both have yeah. the name Chris. Yeah. On the record, I challenge you who can run the mile faster in six months. In six months. Okay. Loser cannot go by the name Chris for a month. I like that. I'm in. Now there's stakes. Yeah. I don't and call you can, Chris Timmy ever. can bet on this. <laughs> Ryan can bet on this. I don't think you even need all-stars to make a good track and field event. No, right. It's I just mean, look at, what, look at what these guys are trying to do in, in MMA right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, Jake Paul is getting views. It's crazy, right? But it's working. I know. <laughs> I, it's unbelievable. So why can't we come up with some type of similar theory as long as the stakes are interesting? Yeah. Whether it's two bar, bar let's go, uh, two bartenders going. What's at stake? Mm -hmm. Also, the mile is very, even I can, as a, again, not runner, wrap my head around a mile. You and what this and context. What, and what that time means. Because you had to run the mile in sixth grade. Had to, yes. Right. <laughs> didn't but didn't have context. to didn't have to right. in high school. Used to give my high school gym coach uh, I would burn him CDs, so I did not have to go to gym. Oh Fact. <laughs> it was awesome. Never run the mile in high school. What was on the CDs? Back when like you had to burn CDs, I would just give no, him what was on the CD. I don't know whatever whatever music he wanted. I'd give him a bunch of you know terrible, you know late nineties early two thousands new metal and all that stained. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was into the pop punk uh, revolution back then yeah <laughs> all that stuff you know he was a great he was a great gym teacher obviously so is this gonna happen the mile me I'm you in. Mr. Yeah. Gladwell let's yeah. you pick yeah. the track let's do it yep. I th let's make it happen so wait what? are we are we doing like proxy racing for the for the meantime like in six months then we could set up like once the world returns to a little bit of more normalcy we can set up an actual head to head on the same track but while we're apart um, you know, let's put in the training. We'll, you know, set some, we'll time trial a couple times, set some benchmarks and, uh, you know, I'm in. So I guess like June 10th, June 10th, which is right after global running day. Yeah. All right. And God willing, if things are like 75% yeah. of the way to normal by then, if we have to we push could... it back to August. That's fine. I think right. age has to be a factor here. Let's be honest. <laughs> You're coming off like a big injury. Like I am. Yeah, I really am. Uh, so there's there's factors like just the way two fighters have their you can get plus two hundred odds if you put it yeah. on. <laughs> See, there you go. We'll, we'll we'll revisit this, but I, I will hold. I'll try to hold my own against you. I know what you're doing. What is your this. what is your current best mile time? Five oh four. So it's faster than mine. I'm five oh eight from last uh, October. This was done ten years ago. <laughs> so shut your mouth. Well, the other thing too is just sort of like I love whenever Gladwell comes up in sort of these conversations is like. Chris versus Gladwell. You have to realize he's 55, like, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm 20, 27. 55, 41, 27. 27. Where's our 30-year-old here? <laughs> now we got all the decades covered. No, I'm 33. <laughs> oh, oh, now, now yeah. Ryan's here. Yep. Okay. And Tim, you're the judge, and the winner gets a shot of whiskey. No, a, a cup, a, a, a nice glass of whiskey or a bottle. You pick. Yeah, well, something. Something Except cool. Me, maybe water. Yeah. Not really, <laughs> but really awesome bubbly water. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Really awesome bubbly water. Um, so if you guys don't mind, if we can take a step back, your, your brothers. And so you ran maybe Philly, Mar arguably <laughs> Timmy's on the, we have, oh, been tested. okay. <laughs> okay. Ha ha. Um, Accident. So you, you ran the Philly marathon as your, your first marathon and, and maybe talk about where you grew up, why it was Philly, right? Like mm -hmm. what it was like growing up in the Heisler household. Um, there, there's many other of you. Um, so like kind of talk How to us about what it got? was like growing up in that area, you know, what sports you played, uh, growing up and, and kind of, you know, what, what took you on the, the path you're on. All right. We got to be careful because we know our siblings are listening. <laughs> I'm the middle of five. So my siblings call me Mitty. Mitty. 
Timmy's the youngest. Uh, little Joe, Heiss. Little Heiss. We got Big Heiss at the top. Then Bill. I'm not going to use his nickname just to piss him off. And then there's Katie. <laughs> and then there's Tim. Uh, grew up just in Lower Marion, Bally Kinwood, uh, which most people associate with Kobe, who was a year above me. Um, I also associate it with the U.S. Open that oh, do you? occurred there. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 what is it? The, the Ma- Marion. Marion, yeah. yeah. Bill yeah. Bill went to that yeah. a few years ago. It's got the weird flag sticks. That's yep. the one. Yeah. Uh, great childhood. Like, we were privileged. Um, we had a ton of big, fun with the five of us. Big, we, big, ha- you know, big... Always, always outside. Always playing neighborhood games. I mean, the, the throwing snowballs at cars. Throwing snowballs at cars. Our the, mom would defend us. At the the manhunt games. Manhunt. The manhunt games on Landrilla Road were just epic. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, big, loud, crazy house. Yeah, uh, I would not identify as an athlete growing up though. Like I played soccer, I played baseball, but I would say Bill and Katie and John were sort of the three very strong, like into sports. I went into acting. Timmy went into making CDs for his teachers. <laughs> I would, I, yeah, I mean, I, I rode I rode bikes and took photos and was playing bass and stuff. Played ice hockey for a little bit. I know, I know. But sure. certainly, yes, the older siblings, I think, were much more involved in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chris and I would say we're a bit, I don't want to say the creative types, but yeah, the creative types. More so. Yeah. And then my first, I was in uh, studying in Australia, and I was trying to find a way to like stay in, I don't know, engaged out there. It was kind of lonely. And my brother, John, and I decided, let's try to run a marathon. We'll train in our respective locations. At, originally, I just wanted to find a way to bond with him, and that was it. And then it, it has lasted. It's been one of the greatest things uh, I'm most proud of. There's a chance I can't do them anymore because of this foot thing, but we'll see. Time will tell. What are you laughing at? Uh, the foot thing, you just made a bet about running the mile. <laughs> I don't think now, now we're already coming think, up with excuses. I, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I will run a mile. Don't, I mark my words, I will train for the mile. I don't know if long-distance running is in my future. I, I feel you. Yeah. At 33, I'm already feeling like oh, the, really? the marathon might be yeah. the thing of my past. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. The marathon has never even entered my brain <laughs> as, as a thought. Except on the press truck. <laughs> yes, yeah. I will do the 26.2. With a megaphone. There you go. Hanging out. Did you have a role in the uh, the marathon of life, I guess, that uh, that Chris organized? Tim was mile 13. Yeah. His role, I mean, once I got my siblings involved, so... This is one I, of my favorite stories. So uh, yeah, yeah. My oldest brother, you know, we've been running marathons. He was turning 40, and I wanted to do something really special for him. So I basically planned a... It felt like I planned a wedding. It took about it, nine months of planning. It was absolutely it was, insane. It was insane. Went into this. But... but it, one of the funnest days of our lives. So we basically, I kind of made him pick the Raleigh Marathon, the Rock and Roll Raleigh, when it still was in existence. It was their smallest one. Dan Cruz was a massive help. The whole Rock and Roll Marathon series, I befriended them through my job, and I needed their help with this from an organizational perspective. And what it was was every single mile, John would be surprised by a new guest um, who represented his life. So he had no idea. And I remember, I will never forget at the start line, I couldn't believe we were about to pull this off because there was at least 100 people involved in this surprise. Like the news was in on this. Ronald's was there. There was a motorcycle that was going to follow us because he thought they were there to follow my job. <laughs> we were on the news the day before. He thought it was all because of my job. He was a total, he had no idea what was about to happen. And the, the morning of, as you're lining up at, we're, we're sending 25 people out onto, the course. out onto the course at every different mile marker. But we're also all driving up in minivans and we all, he knows all of us. So like, Oh my God, like that's, yeah, like you know, ducking and dodging and making sure we park in the right parking oh lot. So God. there's no chance. When you plan a surprise. You just assume someone's going to mess up. Totally. And, and Especially also on the last day. Yeah. Yes. So, and Chris through all of his organizing it 
was, I mean, no one, no one posts on Facebook. No one do. No Turn one, your phones off. Yeah. <laughs> like th- that's how mistakes are made is John sees that someone's at the airport yeah. and on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Says, well, where yep. are you going? It's true. Yeah. I mean, people, I I was emailing a lot by the end. People were like, you were out of your mind. Yeah, I was. Yes. (laughs) I don't argue with you on that. I remember a week before I was working at, I was working at a restaurant in Philadelphia (laughs) and it's a week away. I see my phone rigging. It's big heist. It's John. And I'm like, don't say Raleigh. Don't say Raleigh. Don't don't, don't say Raleigh. What are you up to next week? Nothing. Don't. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's like a week. And I'm like, I go out, step outside the restaurant and I'm like, all right, I got this. I'm like, What's up, man? How are you? He's like, I'm good. I'm just down in Raleigh. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? Like, I thought it was a test. I, and he just happened to be there for work. For work. And he was like, hey, our anniversary is in a month, and I think we're going to come to Philadelphia for anniversary. Can you help us get a reservation somewhere? I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Raleigh's crazy, though. Why are you, why are you there again? Anyway. Are you staying all week? Are you there? Are you? The whole, yeah. So, yeah. and then... Come race day, Those every mile the on the mile. The start line. Yeah. And I start to cry. And John, who's in the Navy, looks over and he's like, Mitty, you okay? And I was like, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. Race. Yeah, you're feeling like a lot of oh, this I, about to come to fruition. Me. Yeah. It hit me about what's about to go down. Yeah. And he has no clue. Yeah. And, and man. He thinks it's just like, hey, race. this is our 14th or 15th marathon. marathon. Yeah. And he keeps saying we're going to go out to 730s. And I'm like, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, you know. And every and every one that jumps on the course, Different. they they the, pace that mile. The rule was you have to oh, run. Oh, really? Okay. So mm-hmm. as long as and you're so gonna you run, had to do a small enough race where people could jump in and do that. Like the rules were: you jump in, you cannot take water from the course. I didn't want any negative PR to this, where someone took water from an actual runner. Yeah. You got to stay on the right side, be respectful of runners around you. Like, but you have to run. You can run a 12 minute mile. You can try to bust it for a seven, whatever you want. But you got to run. So our first guest was our cousin who was in a Lakers jersey dressed out of Fletch with like an afro. And he comes out and John, he, our cousin comes out and like points at John. He's like, yo, and, and you see John, it's all on camera. He's like, yo, Fletch, whoa, Tim, what are you doing here? <laughs> and Tim's like, you know, you've inspired me to run a marathon. Yeah, as I uh, say, did you coach like the early people up to like, don't give away what's yeah, about to happen? Yeah, basically, just do what you want to do. Yeah. Don't, he, let's see when he figures this thing. Yeah, because I was yeah, going to go long, how long by mile yeah. five or six, three. he started to three. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it was mile three. I'll never forget it. So Tim runs, and John's like, well, how did I not see you at the front? <laughs> yeah. And Tim's like, don't worry about it, man. Let's just run this mile. He's like, you're going way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, John's, like, John's first, like, don't do this. This is your yeah. first marathon, man. You got to slow down. <laughs> like he thinks bump. that he's jumping in to run the whole marathon. With us. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim's like, just shut up, man. Like, I'm just here. He's like, all right, fine. So we're, he stays the mile with us. And then mile two, Katie, our sister, pops out. John's like, Katie, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he's, he's kind of looking at me and... Uh, he's like, did you know? I was like, how did I know she's going to be here? And your, does your cousin fade away he's, at this point? I don't know. Or does he stay gonna, in? He's kind of stayed in. Okay. And Katie's like, you know, you've inspired me. I'm going to run this marathon. And John's like, okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. And he's really processed. He's got these big white Oakleys right, on. Like he's not asking the questions of like, why were you not at the starting line? <laughs> he's not line? there yet. Yeah, he's yeah. not fully there yet. <laughs> Third runner was his college roommate who he rode with at UVA. Mike. Mike, Mike, who's yeah. in their rowing singlet, which barely fits him anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was small. And at that point, John looks over. He's like, 
so we're not running that like 315 today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Not even close. No. And he's quiet. He is just like, holy, is there a new runner every mile? Like a new guest? I'm like, I guess we'll find out. And now he's processing, do I have a new, is someone waiting for me at every single mile mark? And mile four, mile five, I was like, John, this is the marathon of your life, buddy. Wow. Like you're turning 40. And yeah. he was having a hard time, like a identity crisis, which I can relate to now, having been 40 myself. It was remarkable. Uh, Tim was that, mile 13. I was, I was lucky 13. Yeah. And it was, I, that one was, handing off to mile 14 was really special. That was the most touching, I think one of the most of the whole day. He, he, he didn't know the 15. He didn't know mile 14. Never met them. So, oh really? So we're, we do thirteen, and as and I as we're approaching fourteen, I'm like, do you do you have any idea who's next? Yeah, I'm sure in his head he's like guessing like, <laughs> oh, who's next? who could be yeah, right, exactly. right? Because he's going off his list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, right, well, they, be I've seen this yeah. person. Right. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. He so, and uh, our family's very involved with with CAF, with the Challenge Athletes Foundation, and John started, John started started, started that. Not John, the foundation, but like got us all involved, which okay. is a foundation that gives money for disabled individuals whether they lost a limb overseas where you're born with one leg oh. and it, uh, rudy thomason garcia is a very prominent advocate for it rob williams was yep it's an amazing amazing foundation and john through all of his work with caf brought all of our family tons of money too. You ton, tons of money for him and as we're approaching mile 14 chris is like well like john what's most important to you and family family Navy, uva yeah. Like, yeah, yeah okay okay but like but like what else like if you could name something else like so important in your life what is it he's like i don't know caf and he and he realizes that he's correct and as and we he, started my start getting to 14 um what was his name was chris, chris. as well yeah his name's chris looks up and john sees this guy standing right on the side he's got you know a prosthetic got prosthetic and john is dumb. and john six foot five navy guy you finally see him just really loses it couldn't could oh couldn't talk gosh. to him on Oh my God. And as he approaches um, our, the athlete, Chris, he's like, What's up, John? I'm Chris. And John's like, Let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> Let's just go. And he's like, nice to, nice to meet you. Let's just go. Here's the <laughs> kicker fastest mile of the day. No way. Yep. Sub seven minute mile. Chris threw <laughs> down. I mean, some of John's rowing buddies threw down. Chris was like, Let me show you what CDF does, man. And, I mean, he, we wow. know this. Like, we've experienced mm -hmm. it. Chris. Was pumped. I mean, he was so excited that he got to be a part of this. He had never met John. I found him through CF. They helped me find the right athlete who was kind of close by. Mm -hmm. That mile was a silent, fast, and touching mile. It was unreal. And yeah. at the end of it, I remember all of John's college buddies, because they're all, you know, from the crew team, all yeah. hyper competitive. Like, yo, John, check who's, your, who's check, check your who's splits. Yeah. Who's the fastest? He's like, <laughs> Mile 14. And they're like, really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. The, the guy none of you have heard of. Right. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. 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 And then the beautiful ending was his wife was 26 and then the two kids. He didn't kids. think his two girls would be there, his two daughters. And, and so how, how old were they? Uh, what were they? One, three and like one at the one, time? Yeah, like oh, one wow. and three. So that was the point too. So mile obviously. 26, right. I hand they him off come to Kelly, his wife. Yeah. And I said, if you think <clears> you're going to beat me in this, you're wrong. I'm not running you in. That's Kelly's job. I'll see you at the finish line. And I take off, and John just assumed it's just him and Kelly. All right, this through. is 26, right? And then yeah. with point two left, his in-laws were there holding his kids, and he, <sighs> you know, he comes in. He's so does he his carry the do the one and daughter? And the everybody, other one kind thanks of to Rock and Roll, was yeah. shipped to the finish line, and they're playing their wedding song. Oh, and it, I mean, there's not a dry in the house. Oh man, 
It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It was I'm happy. like getting chills right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Actually, the moment, you know, picturing him walking through with his daughters, um, I, if anybody's listening to this, by all means, if you're inspired to go do this for someone you love, do it. It, you, it is a, a beautiful, beautiful way to celebrate. A half, I think, seems a little bit more, <laughs> <laughs> more doable. <laughs> Yeah. If you also yeah, if you also want to commit nine months of your life, um, uh, plan another wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. wife would, couldn't wait, wait for this to yeah. be over. She was a mile, but she's also like, I need my husband back. <laughs> and then and then yeah, it was, we had a big house rented. Matt called later that day to yep. welcome to forty. Had, you're yeah. now a master. <laughs> yes, master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. It yeah. really set the bar high for you know I guess like the the future forty year old birthdays after oh, that, right? I mean, we've done okay. <laughs> yeah, Katie's next. Katie's next. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so kind of w- w- people are gonna love that in that story because I love hearing it every single time. I mean, I'm ready to run through a wall. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Let's go! I think on YouTube you can still find the local. There's Raleigh. a longer version of it. Yeah. Like Wait, well, Ra- by the way, j- just so you guys know, uh, I never knew who you guys were. This is, I guess, three years ago when I had first met you, and you were like, "You got to see this story about this guy." Uh, I've and showed he showed it to you. He yeah. showed me this video and. I didn't really realize two and two until like you started telling the story and I was like, Oh my God, like three years ago I watched this oh, video wow. with him when I like barely knew you, you would just show me cool running shit because yeah. I didn't know anything <laughs> about running. Like he'd be like, You wanna see like, you know, same bolt run, like blah, blah blah I'm like, Yeah, sure. He's like, Wanna see like these two brothers yeah. do this really cool thing in this marathon? I was like, Yeah and it was like uh, my my now fiance and I were like at the time were like Oh my god, oh, this is man. like unreal. I didn't know it like now yeah. I'm like, oh my god, like I remember that. Oh uh, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. It's a tearjerker. It was awesome. It yeah. was really special. Well, so that kind of co- goes down to another bringing it back to sort of Ryan as my my case study here when it comes to hooking sort of like that that running fan through involvement in the sport and sort of like uh educating them on like here are the really cool awesome races over time. Uh what do you what do you make of the present moment sort of that we're in where, you know, I, I had Chris Bennett on the podcast last year and it was around sort of like May or something like that. This is still the pandemic is just out of control at that point. People are just running. And I think he said are getting out to run. So gyms are closed. And so we're seeing an uptick in the number of people participating within the sport. And I said to him, I was like, there's going to be a boom after this. Right. And like he was in total agreement. And he's like, right now people are running because, you know, it's something that gives them sort of that escape out of, you know, the daily watching all the news and all that kind of stuff where it can get a little bit depressing work, you know, time at home with the kids is just a lot. Um, so for you, I guess, as someone who assesses and, 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 and works within the sport, uh, what do you make of this moment? I think it's, uh, it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. I think it's uh, as a result of cabin fever. I think if you talk to any shoe company, they're all up about 50%. Um, I think it's okay that there aren't any races right now. I think what the Marathon Project did was fantastic for the elites. Um, I think when I hear runners say, it just I have a tough time training right now because I feel like I have nothing to train for. I push back because I also hear the cliche that running's my meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's not like people who meditate are going to some meditation conference every six months to show off their meditation. <laughs> so those runners who have a tough time training right now, then go back to what you tell me, which is you run to meditate. Well, if, that's the, if that's the case, then keep doing what you're doing. Um, and for all the new people coming in, um, whether you identify as a runner, 
or if you identify as a CrossFitter or whatever it is, but you use moving outside, running outside for the first time, look no further than Tim. He's sitting in my right right here. He's your case study and my brother Bill, frankly, who say that running sucks. <laughs> and now he's, quote unquote, running or jogging three days a week. You should yeah. ask him, not me. It, early on in the, in the pandemic, I think it was May of 2020, yeah, a mile a day for the month of May. Right. I, I, I think Cri- you were part of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. So a very simple Google spreadsheet. There was about a hundred of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did it. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And I, I, that month in May, I ran a mile begrudgingly every <laughs> single day. But by the end of it, I was like, you know what? Like this actually, it's getting me out of the apartment. Um, I was, yeah, I, it was a really tough year. Um, and then I, after I kind of went back and forth with it all year, and I'd say in November is when I really started being like, you know what, like I'm seeing the, the mental benefits more than anything else from this. Um, so now, yeah, I'm doing like three, four, three to four, sometimes five days a week. Um, and I just, like now I'm finally getting my mileage up a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll like text Chris like my Strava screenshot. Like I did, I did five Look no miles. further than that last statement. A guy yeah. who a year ago he has Strava. Bingo. <laughs> yes, thank I have you Strava. very yeah. much. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Done. Yep. There's your there's your case study. Yep. Yeah. And it, and you know like I I had all my stuff like so no one could see it like it was very like it's for me and like I'm a I'm huge music junkie I'm a podcast junkie so I take full advantage of that to listen to a new album or listen to a podcast, whatever. And, um, I think what I'm most excited about is all these Timmy's out there doing this for the first time. When the moment arises where perhaps they go do are able to run a 5k and they show up to a start line and they see thousands of other people and they're like, Holy crap. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. What, what is this community? That's the one you can see community on Strava or Facebook, but the, what uh, you can't get online is that sensation of going to a start line, lining up and realizing, holy cow, it, this is palpable. This is energetic. This is a first. Mm-hmm. That's but, what I'm excited. That's the boom that I'm waiting to see and experience. And I'm, I'm already like in the back of my head, I already know what, what that is going to be for me. Um, it's the, the Broad Street Run uh, in, oh, Phil- in Philadelphia. Love, love, and love. Yeah. With, uh, Not the uh, love run. No, 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 I love the 10-miler. Yeah. 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 And the love our, run's the half, right? Yeah. Our good, our very, very good longtime family friend, Drew Deegan, who I'm sure will listen to this. I know he does it every year, and he's just a character. Um, but, like, I can see lining up next to him at that and being like, this is my first, like, a fit, like official organized thing. And see, that's I, a good call yeah. out, though. I mean, as... I would say you and me and Ryan are experienced runners. Who's that person that we recruit to the first race? Because if Drew Deegan takes Tim to his first Broad Street run, mm-hmm. who's a new runner that I know is new to the sport? I'm like, I got to take you to, I don't know if it's the Boston half or the Broad Street. I think it's our job. Oh, yeah. Like, I, that's the thing I love about like hearing from my college roommates who, at the time, being in college – thought it was ridiculous I would dress in short shorts and foam roll in the living room and and go out for these runs and come back super tired but now you know they close the gyms and they're getting into sort of running and and now you know I've talked I got them to do 
a 10 miler at Soldier Field because you know, it was in Chicago. It was a good time in the summer. And I, and once we, they got through it, I was like, you know, you, you guys are only three miles short of a half marathon. And in my opinion, my favorite distance to race is a half marathon because, um, you know, it's one of those distances you can train for, you know, a couple months or, or weeks in advance. But at the same time, there's so many out there that it's a great destination sort of like uh, event. That's a good point, yeah. Um, where I'm already looking forward to getting those college roommates of mine out to their first ever half marathon and say, you know, if it's the rock and roll Las Vegas half marathon, which is like, guys, we're going to run a half marathon at midnight down the Vegas trip. And then after that, we're going to hit the town. Like that sounds like a lot of fun and something that they could get really hyped up about. And so that, yeah, that's, you're, you're so right. That's the moment I'm looking forward to. Well, and I think a lot about this and, and I think some of the people that, are, that I know too, that are new to running during the pandemic, like their reasons for getting into it lately. And, and it does tie into like racing to me. And so when people are like, you know, what's it like running a marathon? What's it like running a half marathon? Or, you know, even when you push yourself really hard in a 5k, and I always say, like, what keeps me coming back is is not the – so if we're talking about a, a marathon, it's not the, the first 20, it's the last six, where your back is against the wall and you have to fight. And, like, we – most of us live, like, these normal, cushy lifestyles. Like, most of the time, 363 days of the year, your back is not against the wall. It's pretty easy. And to voluntarily put yourself in that situation and see what you're made of is, like – it's just such a good feeling to like get through that. And now you get into the pandemic and, and actually it's not 363 days a year. Actually, it's unfortunately, you know, uh, a lot of us had our back against the wall, like many days throughout this. And, and whether it's, you know, because you're actually dealing with an illness or a family member or you're in the food and beverage industry and it's just getting rocked or you lost your job and like so many people are back against the wall, right? Like, and, and, it's, and it's out of your control. But what you can control is getting out there and looking out for your mental well-being and just getting like the endorphins going. And, and if that can get you to tomorrow, then that's a, that's a really good thing. And so the friends that I know that are new to it, like it was something during this pandemic that put their back against the wall and they said, I got to fight. And so they were like, I'm going to get out here because this is one thing I can control. And I'm like, man, wait until you get into racing yeah. because you, you're going to have your back against the wall. And it's going to be, and that's for fun. But right now, like a lot of people are back against the wall because they can't control it. And, and you know, that's, that's what's been tough about it. But that's why I love this sport like so much, man. Tim, what do you think about on sort of these runs where you're going out for four, five miles where, I mean, Ryan just kind of made the point about for a lot of the time it could be an escape. Yeah, you can listen to music or a podcast, but where does your mind go to in those moments? Um, I mean, for for me, I, I, I try to honestly escape like the apartment and, and work, to be totally honest. Like it's, it's, um, like I said, I'm like working on a computer now, which is not, I'm not built to do that. So I love not having a screen in front of me. Um, I've always been a huge bicycle and motorcycle rider. So I, I like, I like open air. I, I like being able to, you know, I just moved to a new apartment in Williamsburg. So I'm also like, I just leave my front door and I just go and I don't have a route or anything planned. I just start going. So I like to explore different streets and see, what's open, who's open. I'm like taking note of like bars and restaurants that have tables outside or coffee shops to go to anything like that. Um, I've just 
been on the road, was on the road so much. I just miss the stim stimuli, stimulus of just everything outside in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a homebody, so it's, it's everything, but I mean, 100%, it started as like, get out, be outside, escape. And now I found it like more, more calming than I ever thought it would be. Um, the first, like that month of May, like, yeah, I was doing a mile every day. Like it actually, like it hurt. Like I haven't used those muscles in a while. Right. Um, now I'll get out. I'll do three, four, five miles, and like it feels awesome. It feels really good when I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I don't know when that transition happened, but I'm really glad it did. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. I was kind of like, oh, so my brothers aren't total psychos. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, it's weird because it's not gradual either. It just clicks one day. Yeah, like, Whoa. your body wants it. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He, you're making endorphins. Like, you're, you are creating a positive chemical in your body when you run and finish. That two or three times in, it's just like your body's like, hey, I want more of that. Right. Yeah. It's and yeah, it was gradual. So, how do you define? runner and like sort of uh where do you sort of see yourself in this transformation right now because uh you know you'd mentioned being on strava but then keeping it private and only sending like the screenshots to chris but i guess (laughs) you're you're a runner uh but you know there's some people who are hesitant to put that title on themselves right away uh, so we're pretty vocal. I'm pretty vocal about saying I'm a jogger. I, I know like we've that. Said, we've said running a lot today, but I, I really feel like I'm a jogger. Um, I don't, I mean, I'll look at my time when it's done and I know where I'm comfortable at, but it's, it's interesting always to hear you, you all speak about your times. Like that's, those are obviously very much like that's, those are runners, I just like to get out and move and I move, I think particularly probably a lot slower than everyone in this room right now, um, depending on the day. But here's, here's one thing that I noticed in May. I'll never forget it. When I was doing this mile every day and passing other people on the street, I assumed you all say hello to one another. <laughs> like I walk into a bar or restaurant, I say hello to literally every single employee there that I can. Hello, how are you? I figured there's there's going to be like in the running community like a nod like or like Jeep a, wave, like the Jeep wave. Jeep wave. I assume <laughs> motorcycle people do it too. Yes, yeah, we drop. Yeah, 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 yeah left the, hand down. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah, oh, with motorcycles. Yeah, and I was like, oh, like for sure, this community does that. This is like a feel good community. Absolutely not. <laughs> none of you do, and I, not none of you. But I think it was day like twenty one or twenty two, and I remember this really nice gentleman that gave me a big good morning or like a like a and because I, I would i would like God, say what's up to me i got new shoes i'm doing it i'm doing a mile like come on like i'm putting in the effort here and so i still try to like catch the eyes if i pass someone else on my jogs i try to give a nod a wait but it is very rarely Return. So, would you say that joggers wave and runners do not? Are we going to start to categorize the two? I don't know. I think that was something that surprised me about the community, though. So, I don't know how uh, to like how to really define runners mm-hmm. versus joggers. To be fair, your runs for the most part have taken place in New York. 
I was going to say, I think there's a location thing 100%. to this. Yeah, yeah. Like, most are in New York or Philly, yes. I have run in many states, and there are certain states where you're going to lie to those guys. Like, hey, good morning. <laughs> it's like, okay. All right, I'm in Texas That's now. too much. Okay, cool. <laughs> I just want to – I just want to – I want the Jeep wave. I want the motorcycle wave. It's actually similar <laughs> to – like uh, I used to fly a lot before the pandemic, and uh, I always liked to kind of like analyze the people getting on flights certain places and the way that the, the staff on the airline interacts with them. And I, I kind of like – I would get curious. And one time I was flying to Portland, Maine, where my family goes all the time, and – there was like a, a big delay that was basically a mistake by them. There was like, like it was totally like there was not a weather thing. It was a mistake by the airline on how they were doing something on their systems. And they were like, you know, only on the Portland Maine flight does everyone like, cool, no problem. <laughs> like, this is like just happy to be going somewhere like great. And they're like, if this was like the, the New York to LA flight or the New York to Chicago flight, right? People would be like, what the fuck? I paid for Getting that. Getting refunds. So they're like, oh man, the yeah. Portland flight. Everyone's like, yeah. So that's like, oh, that's the wave, right? The jogger wave. The the more like corporate flights would be like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm here grinding. Like, I need you to get me on this flight. Okay. <laughs> I got a meeting I have to be at tomorrow, right now. <laughs> yeah, so New York, like, I, I started running in New York, too, and I, I feel like it's just, like, there's so many people. And there, there there are. That's that's very true. And also, yeah, yeah every yeah. 10 seconds. <laughs> I guess right now, because it is also, it's colder out, all these things, and I don't know. I'll also, my I don't have a time of day. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not first thing in the morning. I'm not. It's either midday, either. lunch. Yeah happy hour has been replaced by jogging some days, which is weird for me to even say that out loud. <laughs> um, my, you know, former self would be like, you're not going to happy hour today and you're <laughs> jogging. All right. Yeah. Um, but but it's I, a good I, I do think when it gets really depths, depths of winter and it's like, like I've done a couple runs like 8 PM on like 15 degree nights. And I do, I do actively give the wave on those ones when it's like you pass someone and I'm like, I'm like, Oh yeah, this guy gets it. Like, crazy like I I'm like, what's up, buddy? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm across the street. Yeah. Hey yeah. man. Yeah. I see you out <laughs> yeah. here. Um, I'll, I'll do those 15 degree runs. I'm ready. I like, I actually do like it. Cool. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So right. When, when it, the phrase jogger gets thrown around. This is something like when people have asked me before, it's like, what's the meanest? Because I ask it at the end of every podcast. What's the I, meanest thing I know you've read what, about yourself on Let's Run.com? I know what the one about you is. And I guess, I guess like hobby jogger is there is the phrase that gets thrown around. About, as like specifically about Chris Chavez. Yeah. Some, uh, on let'srun.com. Yeah. Very commonly they refer to my training as like hobby jogging or like that I hobby jog like, Why do we care about this stupid hobby jogging? Yeah. yeah. So jogging does seem to have like that negative connotation to it, right? So for you guys, I'm, I'm asking, how do we flip it? How do we, how do we, what's step one in sort of embrace? Because I, I took it on my, myself where I'm like, you know what? I don't see a problem with being a hobby jogger uh-huh. printed it on a t-shirt i've got a t-shirt that says hobby jogger i wish you were um, wearing it today i love i that. know i was gonna wear it i thought about it the last second then it's in the wash because i wore it recently i wear it with pride um that just means you're comfortable in your own skin uh yeah and i think more people need to be okay with that i agree this conversation started with timmy because we are working my <laughs> colleague and i my business partner are working on knob creek which right. is creating originally a, a running club for bartenders and we brought in a copywriter to work with us for this running club. And she started writing copy. And one of the, co- one of the sentences she wrote was, hey, you've been behind the bar all day. You've earned your right to jog. And in my conversation with my partner, I was like, uh, I'm not feeling that sentence. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I, we don't really, we don't use the word jog. He's like, who's we? I said, runners, we don't, we don't do that. He's like, well, what the hell's up with that? 
And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what are you, an elitist punk? What do you mean you don't use the word jug? And I was like, gosh, oh, you know what? Who? You're right. Like, what's my problem? And frankly, what's the difference here? And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the bartenders aren't a running club. Maybe it's the first ever jogging club. And if there's one demographic who can make jogging cool and relevant again, it's bartenders. Mm-hmm. Because bartenders are damn cool. Way cooler than I'm ever going to be. Maybe <laughs> when I was a bartender, I was cool. I've lost that. I'm a middle-aged <laughs> yeah. dad now. Still, so, I mean, I still think you're kind of cool, thanks, but yeah. Tim. But <laughs> then everything flipped. That this jogging club. And I went back. I was like, dude, jogging started in the 70s. Barrowman ran a whole book called Jogging. Whiskey's Age. This is perfect. The Knob Creek Jogging Club. We're going to... We're going to take over the word jogging again. And I want to have honest conversations about why I snapped at the word jogging. Mm-hmm. Is these let's run people who call you a hobby jogger, are they elitist? Yeah. Actually, I think they are. And I think that's a massive problem for the sport. So if all of us want to get more people into the sport of running slash jogging, I think jogging is the gateway in. Because jogging is very invitational. If I said, you want to go for a jog right now, whoever you are... It sounds kind of okay. If mm-hmm. I said you want to go for a run, like I can't, I can't keep up with you. It's a bit, it's a definitely more intimidating. The word run. Yeah, hundred percent. And if I said Tim, you want to go for a jog after this? Yeah. It assumes there's a conversation happening. It assumes you're not totally out of breath. It assumes you're not out there for an hour. Mm-hmm. And those are all okay. It's healthy. You're moving. Run infers a little more intense. So I, that's that's my stance. Yeah. Yeah, and we we and like to backtrack a little bit this this kind of concept and where, where it even started was my, my coworker, um, Amanda Gunderson on the West coast this past year, um, Knob Creek being this like big, bold whiskey. We wanted to do an event at the Boston marathon, mm-hmm. which was around this tagline of every mile earned. So Knob Creek, we have a nine year age statement, a 12 year age statement and a 15 year age statement. And we were going to host these kind of activations at, so at the nine mile, the 12 mile, the 15, whatever. Boston Marathon obviously did not happen. Did not happen. Didn't happen. And so it was supposed to be in the 2020 Boston Marathon. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And Amanda, she said, you know, well, we got to create something. All these, you know, bartenders and hospitality members are, you know, as I mentioned earlier, and this is struggling and it's just been really brutal. It's been a brutal, brutal year. So she put together this idea of why don't we create something to inspire bartenders to try to run a 9K, a 12K, or a 15K in honor of those knob creek age statements and she called me and she said hey you know, your brother does all this crazy running stuff because again amanda and i are not quote unquote runners do you know what I mean We're, but like we love this idea of like giving us a challenge something to motivate us something to get us outside get hope. us out of a and, rooted in hope yeah 100 percent rooted in hope and yeah chris and his, and his business partner nate we started the wheels started turning and now yeah. we're finally yeah, getting we, to the point of like going to start recruiting and getting bartenders. You got got a hundred spots to fill. Hundred bartenders, coast to coast. Yeah, to do a, a hard earned nine k, twelve k, or fifteen k in honor of some hard earned whiskey. Yeah, I've been a running coach for ten years, and now I'm moving my title over to elite jogging coach. <laughs> and I I have finished writing a program nine k, twelve k, or fifteen k for jogging, and it's a twelve week program jogging program. Um, there's a big difference. I've never wrote a p- program like this. I've never had so much fun. Uh, the weeks are not like tapers or base building or sharpening. Week seven is donkey week because that week kicks ass. <laughs> and 
Week eight is rabbit week. Like there's the themes to each week are more approachable and hopefully get keep the bartenders engaged. So what are you looking for with these hundred bartenders uh, to possibly recruit into the program? First and foremost, they got to be ready to commit to 12 weeks. If you're coming in just to get a free 12-week training guide for, from a jogging coach, first off, I'd be shocked. But <laughs> secondly, like, we don't want you to get four weeks in like a news resolution and peter off. Like, this is to get you up and moving so by the time the bars are open again, you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to give something for the bartenders to feel like they're part of a community. So whether you're in California or New York, you're going to be a part of a weekly community of joggers. Um, I want bartenders who probably look at the sport of running and say, I hate it, but you know what? I haven't done much this pandemic and I've been looking for a kick in the ass and this sounds just about right. Um, they're going to have their own, I'm their coach. I'm going to take on a hundred bartenders to coach. So if you're listening, you're a bartender who's been kind of down. I I don't totally get, I'm not a bartender anymore, but I'd like to think identify on some level. I lost my job too. sign up. Like I, I, Desperately want, I can't talk as passionately as Timmy will, but if you're listening to this, please, please, please send Tim a note saying you want to be in on this. Yeah, and it's, it's my, myself, my, my colleague Amanda, and then our colleagues Adam and Beth, so the four of us cover the whole you know, U.S. as far as the American Whiskey Ambassadors, and so we'll all kind of have our, our teams of 25, so obviously there'll be some, you know, hopefully some fun little competition in there as well with our different teams, um, but it, you know, I all the four of us were all extremely excited to, I mean, again, before this, we worked in person together at events all across the country. And Mm -hmm. so we've also been, our team has been kind of separated, which has been really difficult. So this was also a way for us to say, all right, let's bring the ambassadors back together. Let's do something that is feel good. um, Something that's educational. We can still keep our, you know, knob Creek and our, and our, our brands at the front of this. And it's, it's hard to talk to bartenders about um, like, sorry. Um, it's hard to talk to them about anything other than like how shitty everything is. Um, <clears throat> God damn. So this program is the opposite of that, right? So we want to lift up bartenders, lift up their spirits, um, remind them, like, we got your back. Like, as far as um, us as ambassadors, as far as, like, our our Beam Suntory family, like, we give a shit. Mm-hmm. So. Well said. And that's why I can't say as well as Timmy can. The one other thing I'd add is this, this handbook that we wrote, the Jogger's Handbook, it is rooted in positivity. You know, Tim and his team read it, and they cried. They're, they're, this is not like you're going to go jog two miles and then stretch. It's, it's not that. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot more language in this that ideally keeps them inspired, lets them know there's not a, they're not alone, and lets them know that by the end of this, in a perfect world, they're going to feel a little bit better about who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like 12 weeks is, is kind of the right timeline, too, of like, gosh, like, uh, hopefully each week you're bettering yourself, but also like the, the kind of like, the space we live in is, is getting a little bit better, right? Like Hopefully. the news keeps improving a little bit, like the environment improves a little bit and maybe like, Hey, New York can get back to 25% capacity mm-hmm. and then we're maybe at 50% capacity. And so it's like, I kind of view like that 12 weeks as like, uh, 
gosh, hopefully in 12 weeks, knowing what we have with the vaccine, like there's going to be something else at the end of this for bartenders as well from like a professional standpoint and bettering yourself for when that comes to New York is going to be a great thing. I also, I hope this is the first class. Like this is the Knob Creek has even said, this is not a one and done thing. Like they want to create a community of joggers. This is the class of 2021. (laughs) I look forward to welcoming the class 2022. Like I, I, I love, as you know, Chris, getting people to move and feel yeah. good about what they're doing. So I am, I cannot wait to meet these hundred bartenders, um, look them in the eye and say, we, we got you. We're going to do the best we can. And I think it would be helpful for the, the Timmy and I's of the world that aren't as familiar with running with. So when you say it's a, you know, a 6K, 9K, 9K no joke. 15K, right. What is, because I didn't really understand Ks until I got into yeah, running. Yeah. What is it mileage wise? So nine is right about five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, our goal is to get a lot of nine Kers. Yeah. Um, That's like the perfect distance, right? Five and a half. If you're going to, and if you're going to really like try to push yourself for five and a half. And a lot of this first six to eight weeks is a lot of walking. Yeah. Cause you're assuming you might be starting from scratch. Yeah. It's just like fight club. The rule number one is don't get hurt. Rule number two is follow rule number one. (laughs) Like you, if you cannot get hurt, that is my job as your coach. You're going to be walking a lot. Yeah. I was, I went, when I read the program, uh, again, so when you sign up, you, you choose whether you want to do the 9, the 12, or the 15. So we'll, ideally, we're going to have a lot of bartenders trying to go for the 9K. We'll have some, I was at first was saying t- doing the 12, um, and then, of course, the f- a few going for 15. But when I read the programs, I couldn't believe, like Chris was about to say, how much walking is involved. And I, I read it, I was like, this is super, he said, does this feel attainable and like doable? And I said, 100%. Like I'm reading something like this, looks and feels and sounds extremely attainable um and not and not and not intimidating so. we actually have two people going through it right now they're week eight because i wanted to have someone exp- like how does this yeah. feel they're total newbies yeah and they wanted to drop after week three which is great <laughs> to know so i had to like change some of the language a little bit because mm-hmm. um, i thought it was gonna happen closer to week five i was like well that's happening early yeah <laughs> um and it's been fun to watch them experience it, and they're getting small wins yep. like, yo i just i just jogged for seven minutes today. i was like that's where you should be mm-hmm. any hurt no. Great. Keep it up. You know, let's, you're getting there. What I love to envision sort of is just how this plants the seeds. Sort of, like when, before coming to this bar here, I mean, Ryan and I love coming to coming here. Um, but I'm even thinking like down the line where say a bartender from here gets involved in this program. He might want to start leading group runs out of this bar. Yeah. Uh, once things you know get reopen again and get better all new happy hour chris it's it's a whole new happy hour but at the same time it's like you all of a sudden just opened up a hundred new like running club spots across jogging clubs jogging clubs jogging it's okay i've done the same thing for a while and it's just so much it's just so much cooler because you'll have i mean here in new york city you look at the running scene here lots of clubs and crews but to think that maybe down you know, nine months from now or something like that, less than that, there could be one run crew that's led by a tatted up bartender or something like that. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jogging club. Jogging club. Uh. I looked it up. There's no jogging clubs in the US. Like, yeah. I, this is so exciting. Yeah, we couldn't find any. So it was also just from that standpoint of like, and it's funny because you, you know, we're, yeah, we're going to have a pretty uh, eclectic and different looking aesthetic. Than your, I would say, quote unquote, traditional running club. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we talked, we joked years ago when I first got hired. Um, 
there's a the bourbon chase down in Kentucky, which I think it's 12 people, right? Yeah, it's like the Ragnar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like you get a van and it's, you run to all the different distilleries and Chris called me. He's like, hey, he's like, would you want to do that? I'm like, absolutely not. Zero, 0.0% chance. He's like, because it'd be funny if he said if we got our team of 12 and it was like Chris and five of his like running crew <laughs> and then me and five of my bartending crew. Again, it just, I mean, look at Chris and I aesthetically extremely different looking groups of people. so it would have been yeah. just from like the photo op standpoint he's like come on get like yeah you know it just it would have been a funny looking we would have really played that up in our in our so maybe maybe yeah the bourbon chase eventually one day now but out, man you know shoot for the shoot for the star idea with that one but now it's something like oh yeah that would have been that would be fun to do when the world is real to run <laughs> distillery to distillery with with uh you know a, a group yeah. uh like this and by the way chris knows this um how I met my fiance, it was a run club, um, but it was it was a running group that would meet at a bar on a Thursday night. We'd go for a little, there would be a three mile route and a five mile route and you just come back and you just have some drinks and socialize and she showed up one night and I went over and had a drink with her afterwards and said, hey, how's it going? Uh, so you run, huh? Yeah. So do I. <laughs> yeah. uh, clearly, you obviously. You smell as bad as I do um, right now. So, uh, and it was, I, I, it was kind of my entree into running was like you know okay i like having a beer at the bar and watching a game but like hey why don't we go at seven o'clock we'll go for a quick jog come back and we had a couple bars that we really liked doing it at and some people that were all most of us were single and was like hey great way to meet people and if you invite someone else like hey you got to meet this guy at this run right and it just ended up being really really fun we did it for like a year and that was how at first like you know it wasn't like a oh i met her in the master alley we really got to know each other through this and and it was like just a, a wonderful thing and it would have never happened if it wasn't for a social setting to be able to like Hey, we're gonna go for jogs, as you would say, right? We're gonna go for for jogs and make it social and meet people that you've never met before, and it was so fun. So I think, especially coming out of the pandemic, people will be so into that. Especially like I'm envisioning like a okay, so you have like like I, I always have I've got my favorite bartenders, right? Like I go yeah. to places on a Sunday to watch the Giants because I really want to interact with my favorite bartender, and and even though the Giants are you know two and ten <laughs> at the point. Um, and like I imagine like these settings where it's like, oh, like your bartender is leading a quick jog and then he's coming back, he's hopping behind the bar and ev everyone's going to mix it up and have a fun social time. Yeah. No, I, I'm thrilled for the bartenders. I, I genuinely am. I can't wait to see how it resonates. And if you know these bartenders, tell them to send Tim a note. Yeah. Like, if you know if a guy who's a guy or girl is a bartender and you're listening, please. Like we want 100. We're not going to take everybody, but so yeah, like, well, if you're committed I, to this, you hear this, this resonates... Come on, drop me a note. Yeah, and I and we, you know, we're starting to do the the kind of tease out now and, and recruiting now. And you know, the, myself and the ambassadors are like, dude, can we get a? I'm sure we'll get a hundred. It'd be amazing if there's a wait list. Like that would be absolutely incredible. But you know, we talked like bartending is a physically demanding job. You're on your feet. You're. I mean, I never used to track my miles when I was working 12, 14 hour shifts because I, I don't even know if my phone did that then or if it was even in my pocket when I was working but like the amount of miles that you're just doing you're Strava on your next bar now. yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> track, just gonna, it's track gonna, your steps that's yeah, it yeah, track your key. Steps, like yeah. that would be impressive um so I mean that's the you know bar, I think bartenders don't I mean maybe they, they do but I don't think they, they realize that they are all extremely extremely capable of doing this but it is like it's going to be some hard work and again that's why we did it with the the Knob Creek brand it makes makes sense you know so it's 
Um, I'm really, really excited to uh, meet and see and hear how they all feel about this this program we've been working on. For I mean, we started working on this a long time. Took a, took a long time. 2020 is obviously crazy. So getting any new kinds of activations, events, programming is um, it's the whole company. Again, I'll use it again, had to pivot. So it was just, you know, it was a lot of work getting any of these things uh, off the ground, getting them some legs, but it's there. So when you guys picture sort of, you know, because a lot of the point is also, it's like these are really cool, bartenders are really cool people. From your lifetime, like who are some of these particular like bartenders uh, that really stick out to you in your memory of like the coolest bartenders that, that would have been like an awesome fit for something like this? Because I think of Ryan and I have our buddy Kevin. Um, it's Ryan's best friend from high school who, you know, it's I think we have to sign Kevin up for this because... And he wants to run a fast mile. Well, that's, that's the thing. thing and here's, He'd be a 15K. But that's... Yeah. yeah, and so like we want to throw him into the 15K. He's totally unaware of this because he hasn't heard about this yet. But <laughs> but what's so funny is that he... Want, the reason he's gotten so into running with us recently has been, you know, gyms have been shut down. He'll text us workouts that he makes up on his own from time to time. Yeah. Uh, afterwards curiosity crept up on him and he's like i know i can run a sub six mile and we're like we think you can you just got to put in a little bit of uh, a training i want to see it happen and now he's kind of like hooked on sort of seeing exploring that that curiosity as well where going through a program like this Mm -hmm it's going to naturally happen to people after the 12 weeks where they're like okay 15k was great Let's do half marathon. Yeah, He'd be a great veteran. So I look at the 15Ks as the ones who have some running under mm-hmm. the belt already. Right, they're not starting from scratch. Correct, yeah. where they let me look at as, as a coach and like the coach to athlete relationship is a little bit different where they can lean on that 15K person mm-hmm. on their team. The, Kevin can be like, you wanna get in on this? I know you're just, a, you're, you're trained for the 9K and that's great, let me give you some of my experience how I got here. That's the community. Yeah. And they, you, you, it's really hard to do that right now in the pandemic, so. Kevin, Tim. Yeah, Kevin's in. I think he, uh, he okay, Kevin's partic- a- a- applying without he, even knowing. Yet. I think he particularly enjoyed like the accountability of it too, because we yeah. were like his de facto coaches, and so he would text us like, "Hey, what should I do for this, or what should I try to do for this, or that?" And then he would hit us with his feedback, and you know, we we cared to understand like day to day, week to week. Was he improving? Was he not? Was he actually doing the uh-huh. three mile run uh-huh. on Wednesday that that we had recommended? And like I think for a lot of people that are new to running, it's like mo- for the most part, it's you can just lie to yourself, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, did I go for the run? Did I not? Whatever, yeah. right? But like, if when there's becomes the accountability of like you're building out a plan and there's a goal at the end of the and it's like now there's not the well I was cold so I didn't feel like going tonight. It's like well, like there's a plan and and yeah. we're trying to get you somewhere. So like, and I think. I always think like you're you're better for it with the accountability um, versus like you know it's it's very like the easy thing is to just do nothing like that's the always the easy choice all the time. I, th- I think there's one of the one-liners in the in the beginning of the handbook is like you missed a day, that's okay. You're like got tired and had to call an Uber to get home, that's okay too. Like we understand. <laughs> like, yeah, you missed a week, it's still in there. Just don't quit. Like, yeah. that's my number one rule. Like if you aren't feeling it for a day it's it's okay this isn't a streak this mm-hmm. is a commitment to a community and to a program wait so i strayed from from the question who are the coolest bartenders in your yeah. life oh yeah man that's uh there's too many to name right now <laughs> um 
I mean, I obviously, you know, I, I, I definitely go back to um, a lot of people that I have worked with personally while bartending. I was buying the bar for, you know, 12 years. Um, but like some of my, some of my favorite, I mean, my, my very, very good friend, uh, Layton, he's a bartender in Philadelphia. He's definitely one I'm going to reach out to. Um, he's, he's also, I mean, he's like, he's, I think he'd be good for this. He's, um, I don't know if he'd be a 15k. I think he'd be a 12k runner. Very fit, jacked. Like he, he's a, he's like I've like you go to his bar and you'll watch him like shake a, shake a margarita, and his arms are. You'll just see like every girl. He's like look down the bar because he's just like <laughs> his his arms are just huge. <laughs> but he he's just like he's a rock star bartender. Um, you know, I I just think of a lot of bartenders that. Give me Casey when I live in California. This guy Casey when yes, I lived in Cali. I remember him. Surfer, like Paul Walker lookalike. <laughs> this guy had more swagger behind the bar. I, I was just like, I I wanna be as cool as you are. And he he talked like McConaughey from oh, wow. uh, you know, from the seventies. Everything he did, I was like, I, I I can't ever pull off what you're doing right now. You're the coolest dude I've ever met in my life. <laughs> that was it. That's Casey. Didn't I, I do remember him. Yeah. And I was always and he always because he knew you and brother Bill. Bill so well. So there's a few spots out in Hermosa Beach, and I'd go in and just be, he'd be like, you're a little Heisler. I'm like, how do you always remember that? Like he was, <laughs> he's he was Casey, all, man. Also he that. He just remembered like, everybody. You know, remember What's it? up, little Heisler? I'll get you a drink for you. And <laughs> yeah. then just shake a martini with like his pinky, and then yeah. put it down, like have five other drinks on this. The guy was oh crazy. Um, I mean, I, yeah, when it comes, it's hard to like say who I would really want to be a part of this club. The people that we want are honestly the people that have the drive to do it. They want to be in it. Yeah. You know, I don't, and that's the the one thing I'm hoping is that, um, yes, of course there's going to be people that sign up that I do know on a first name basis already that are friends of mine. I have their cell phone number. I'm hoping to get a lot of bartenders who I haven't interacted with before. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, I, you know, the, the, the network of bartenders, I know it's, it's, there's too many to name right now. I really hope to get a lot of people who I have no idea who you are or what maybe I've never even sat at your bar before. That's great. Like I want to, I want to meet them and hear their story and, and what, you know, the pandemic did to their working life and their, their actual life. So right. I'm excited to meet some new people. That might be a question. Someone listening to this might be wondering right now, like what is the sort of eligibility of, of being considered a bartender? Like is the, do you still have to be working right now? Does your bar have to be open or no, none of those things? Okay. Literally none of those things. Um, you got to be 21. You got to be 21 plus. Hashtag drink responsibly. All those things, right? Um, but no, if your bar is uh, closed right now, if you're furloughed, um, that's all right. It's, that's out of your control. But I mean, you, you got to be bartender. So if, 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 you, if you shoot me a message um, and you make a fake Instagram profile to say that you're a bartender <laughs> at a fake made-up bar, like, I'm going to find out. <laughs> no, we just, it's for bartenders. You know what I mean? If you're furloughed, fine. Um, but if if you're a bartender and you plan on getting back to the bar, whatever, whatever I mean, like that's, that's who we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what, if, if you're a full-time server, that, that's fine. I mean, we, we say bartenders cause that is who we with Knob Creek talk to directly for the most part. I mean, these brands, you know, the whiskey brands that I represent Knob, Knob Creek in particular, like these are brands that are, that are built by bartenders. I mean, it's, you're, you're saying your, your favorite bartenders that you, you know and you trust and you go to watch the game with, like you walk in and ask them 
for a cocktail recommendation or drink, you know, we rely so heavily on the bartending community to, to be a, the, the walking, talking face of our brands a lot, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, that's literally my job for the most part, but can only be in so many places at once. Um, so we rely very heavily on them. Chris, at what point in the training program, and I, I, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling a surprise that could be down the road, but do they get sort of the introduction or just even the mention of, of a Des Linden? Because it's like, it's like a celebrities. They're just like you. She loves her whiskey. The fact that they eventually might find out about, you know, the Boston Marathon champion from 2018 also indulges in whiskey. Like, that's not, you don't commonly think, like, the, the common person, the, the jogger, might not know that. Bourbon specifically. Mm -hmm. So, I believe that she recently signed with a whiskey. So, I don't think I could have her be a surprise uh, guest. That yeah. said... There will be – like, we've got these weekly staff calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just the bartender's chance to check in with the coach and me. Um, I have every intention of having guest speakers come on. Mm -hmm. uh, they could be Chris Chavez. You like whiskey. I've got – well, as has taught me a thing or two. <laughs> I saw that too. We're, suppo we're supposed to do part two. I, we've decided we're both going to read this book on uh, the history of the, the Pappy Van Rinkle family. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of really tough because – I'm wondering, it's like, if we're going to have this discussion, we need to be drinking something nice. We can't, it's look like, no further than Tim. Exactly. Now, if Des, look, I'm not going to stop Des. Des is one of my favorite humans in the universe. And I think it'd be unbelievable for the, these bartenders to interact with a human like Des mm -hmm. on, for so many reasons. Uh, out of respect for her time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through you, actually. <laughs> so just drop that seat for me, please. I think when you did that tasting with Des, you started with Booker's. Yes. Which, to anyone listening out there, never start with Booker's. <laughs> which one was Booker's again? It's the was one that, that the made me cough, uh, oh. and and uh, the comment section had a field day with it. Ca where? It's <laughs> the one that made me cough. Cast, cast strength, uncut. Uh, for us internally at, at our company, we, we call it pajama whiskey. Look. Because you got to be have wearing... Have him lead your, your... Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, just have him on. Like, he yeah, can yeah. send you the whiskey selection. Oh, yeah. He'll talk to the expert. Yeah. That would be really great. Oh, no. We'll make it happen for sure. Yeah. Booker's is... I, I remember hearing that. I'm like, that is aggressive. And that's me saying that. So, you know... We, that was her idea, too, It was right? her idea. She set up the line. <laughs> she had notes for every single one about, like, how we could, you know, pertain it to her her career i guess so she's like you know the bookers is, it's tough but you know you'll feel the burn she's like it relates to her and sort of her career where she's like we had screwball and she's like this is where things get a little bit nutty and this so is by the way and this is chris's version of like like us when we're like i don't really know much about running like and he's like you know laughing about our perspective like des is like this guy doesn't know shit about whiskey <laughs> and i want to see what happens and that's exactly what happened and people had a field day so now you know, part two will be, I'll have to come in a little bit more educated, but then, you know, I'm not going to be asking her, hey, final question, final question, like five times, because that's what ended up happening on the, on the first one. And so, yeah, one of my favorite episodes that we did last year, and, and it brought a lot of people some, some entertainment, but um, it'll happen again. All right, so let's hit the final questions that I ask every guest. Some of these, I guess, wouldn't apply to two of you guys, because, I mean, hey, you guys aren't referred to as much, like... What's what? the meanest thing as you've read about? Uh, uh, is that, uh, as an yeah. elite runner? Is that, yeah, that's not us. 
I'm an elite jogging coach, Chris. I'm an elite. You know, jog- it'll be like, what's the meanest thing you read about yourself on Let'sRun.com? But like, there's probably nothing on you guys. There I've needs had, to be a Let'sJog.com. I guess I've had <laughs> mean things written to me when I was on the soap opera. I yeah, mean, I I, I, that's a good one. Now. Like, what's what was yeah. like the meanest thing you've read about yourself anywhere? Oh, when I was on As the World Turns, um, I got hate mail. I had people really. Oh yeah, I had I had someone write you. You should never be a father. What um, or a husband? The way you talk to Sophie—that's that's deep. I, I, I will, I will never. I've only been stopped once in my life being recognized. Let's call. It, let's just name this. Like I'm by no means, so like an A-lister. I'm like an X-lister, and I was going to New Orleans for the marathon with my brother. Mm-hmm. And I walked through security, and a security guard, after I get through, she goes, "Ah, let me see your ID again." I'm like, "What?" She goes, "Can I see your ID?" I'm like, "Yeah, I just went through." Let me see your ID, sir. Like, give it to her. And she's like, I thought that was you. Why I got to talk to Sophie like that? This is in an oh. airport. And I'm like, oh, whoa. Yo, that's Cole. This is Chris. I'm not a mean person. That's so good. And she was like laughing with her guys. Like, this is Cole right here. Like laughing. She's like, you are not nice. And I was like, I'm a nice person. That's my character. That's I my never character. knew this story. And I got booed at a charity event. You did? I did. Wow. Yeah, which means, like, I must have been a pretty good bad guy if people are booing me at a charity. I was going to say, does that happen for a, a fair amount of actors? Like, I, so I imagine, I, like, Joffrey from Game of Thrones, like, if he walked into any bar, everyone would be like, boo, Joffrey. Like, F you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, soap opera, this is back then, like, they're not big. Uh, those fans are different, but so are, think about it. Like, if you have an affiliation with Game of Thrones, dude, you are mean. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that transcends, but sure. <laughs> um, I love, I mean, I'll bring this up because, you know, I hope other people go and check it out. I think one of the things that brings me so much joy is all the residual check videos uh, <laughs> that you do with your kids. Mm. Um, Thank you. What is the, what's the backstory of how those came to be? I'm trying to remember for the very first one. Very first one. I thought about that recently too. I was like, when I, I three years ago, maybe I just decided to record me opening one. Yeah. Like for Instagram, for the hell of it. And it happened to be like 50 cents. <laughs> and I remember opening it, just looking at the camera, being like, just another day at the office. That was it. People were like, dude, that is really funny. Yeah. And then the next time I had Kiki on my lap, and she would have been probably three. She's a star in the making. She, she, she is. She was like three at the time. So I was able to lie to her and say, this is a really big check, Kiki. <laughs> like, daddy, I hope you know this, but it was a really big time actor and that's why i get these checks all the time she doesn't even say anything she's just looking up at me smiling and i was like two bucks <laughs> and i was like so let's keep coming back and then people just started responding how it is like with your radio station chris oh like yeah the one if you get a positive response yeah. then you're gonna keep doing it i mean the all-timer was the christmas one i think that's 240 my, yep that was the whopper freaky friday coming in on christmas how has your daughter has kiki watched freaky friday yet yes so yeah last this, year last year Chris played Freaky Friday. No, no, I didn't play it. It was on TBS. Okay. okay. And we're in the living room, and I looked at Rachel, and I'm like, can we, I might as well watch this. Like, this is on TV. Let's see what the kids do. And we get up to the scene, and it happens. And I, I am so excited. So for the listeners, remind them what the scene um, is. My yeah. character was originally named Dumb Jock. And then because the teacher in the scene says Mr. Waters, in the credits, my character name is Mr. Waters. Which, for total backstory, Mark Waters is the director of the movie. <laughs> so the teacher was kind of poking fun at the director by calling me Mr. Waters, and I'm playing a dumb jock. So then I talk about Hamlet for a minute, making zero sense 
and it's just bopping, bopping around. around, doesn't know which way's up. I don't think the guy's got a clue, and I, I'm a complete bumbling idiot. So the it comes up on, on TV, and I can't wait for my kids to recognize how cool their dad is. And I pause it, and I said, Shane, did you see that? He's like, was that you? And I was like, uh-huh. Pause. He's like, so you know the teacher? <laughs> <laughs> and we Mic never, drop. We never watched it again. I'm Mic like, drop. Like, I, there's no better people in this world to keep you humble than your kids. Like, they, <laughs> they keep me in my place every single day of my life. I'm, I remember when I was in Us Week with Katie Holmes. That's and right. And I brought Shane to CVS with me to open it. To show, look, Shane, your dad is in a magazine, bro. <laughs> Check this out. And I had him, wa- like, wa- I'm videotaping him open the magazine, and he gets to the page with me and Katie Holmes. And I'm like, look at that. And he looked at it, and he gives it back to me, and he starts walking through the store looking for candy. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell, man? What will it take for me to be as cool as I want to be to my kids? And uh, if not, just be as cool as it's, they are. It, it's not. TV or print? No, it's never going to happen. <laughs> nope. Honestly, the coolest way to be cool to your kids is to show up for them. Put your phone down and be present. That's all they want. <laughs> I like uh, Jerry Seinfeld said once on Comedians and Coffees and Cars, whatever the name yeah. of that show is. Um, he's talking with Kevin Hart, and he's, Kevin Hart's saying, my kids are just getting old enough to realize like who I am, and your kids are older now. Like, at what point did they realize, like, whoa, dad's somebody? Like, And he goes, they were about like eight years old, and they came home one day, and they were like, daddy, everyone at school knows who you are. Does this mean we're rich? And Jerry goes, uh, I hate to break it to you. We're not rich. No. And they're like, really? And he's like, I'm rich. You're not, just to be clear. Yeah. No, one, I think Shane recently asked me, he's like, Daddy, are you famous? I'm like, no. Shane, if I was famous, you'd know because people know who I am. Nobody knows who I am except for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Oh, yeah, that's I was right. like, Daddy ain't famous. Um, the other question I ask every guest, if you could go on a run anywhere in the world with anyone from history, assuming they could hold a nice little conversational pace with you, who would, who would you go on this run with and where would it take place or jog? Who would you go on this jog with? Obama and Hawaii. Really? I mean, there's nobody I would rather hang out with than Obama. He goes to Hawaii, I think, every year. So my guess is, you know, some pretty slick routes that maybe only he has access to. Yeah, in the book that he wrote, like he he talks so fondly about Hawaii. I guess like his his mom might have had like I guess like her ashes buried, uh, like spread there or something like that. Uh, Recently, I guess I did see that he was photographed like on a paddleboard, like shirtless, and those types of things make Us Weekly. (laughs) Uh, So that's maybe on the page after you. And he is famous. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't read his book yet. I can't wait to read it, but. Hands down, no question about it. He's the individual I want to run with in Hawaii, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. That's a good one. That's yeah. a really good answer. Yeah. I I go in. So we used to do this game. Who would you have lunch with? And I th- think this year has changed that based on where we are today. And with, again, with like hospitality, it would probably be Danny Meyer, um, New York City restaurateur, amazing book, setting the table, just. I would love to go on a jog with him to hear his feelings on what's happened this year in New York City in particular. Um, And I guess the jog would be here in New York City because we would be running past a lot of his once famous restaurants. And if it were not pandemic time, it would be Dave Chappelle literally anywhere. (laughs) Yes. Chris, has anybody thrown the question back to you? 
Yeah, I, I, well, I'm trying to think. Like, I think very early on, and the answer I've stuck with is just because you know, I think oftentimes people ask me is like, who's have you ever gotten nervous for like an interview with an athlete or anything like that? And Bolt, I said, right? I I wasn't really nervous you for both. Nervous. I'm just kidding. Yeah, maybe I did because I didn't really just didn't have a question the first ever time, <laughs> and I just raised my hand and it got thrown to me. Um, I was there though when you had the Bolt private interview. Yeah, and you that was were like, like really like was I, was, I was really nervous. Bolt. <laughs> I know you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, this guy interviews everybody. I told um, you he's like the best. <laughs> I'm glad you're on, you're on a microphone. He can hear you yeah, even yeah, when you whisper. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that Mike's caught that. Uh, <laughs> but I think I've said the only athlete I'd be ever nervous to interview is Derek Jeter, just because I grew up idolizing this guy, um, and so I think he's my pick to try and you know have a conversation on a run. And then Central Park's my favorite place to run, so I'd probably go there. Um, best six mile loop in the world but i think that's yeah so i think that's my answer is just Derek jeter on a you know six mile loop around central park um but yeah he'd probably have some good stories too about his, uh yeah time yeah and you sir yeah who was, oh, your mine was uh lebron in uh wine country uh, lebron's wow. like a diehard wine guy that's uh, right that's so a great my, answer yeah uh, yeah and i just think like LeBron, the athlete, really cool. I think LeBron, like the activist, even yeah. cooler. Yeah. LeBron, the wine head, like totally another yeah. layer too. Like <laughs> I would like love that. Yeah. Well, maybe these dreams can come true for all of us someday. Maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure all the people we named. Oh yeah, the, all the people we named. I'm sure are listening. So we'll <laughs> see y'all soon. Yeah, Bomber, just hit me up on my. Uh, just DM me, buddy. Yeah, I should have said somewhere cooler. You're gonna get to go to Hawaii now. I'm know. just gonna still be here. It's okay. It's okay. Tom. <laughs> I'm still here too. <laughs> um, and the final one that I've got has nothing to do with running, but it gets you know the wheels turning in the head. You get 25 shots from half court. If you make one, you win 25 million dollars. If you don't make any, you go to jail for 25 years. Would you attempt the shots? Yep. Really? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear this debate. Why Why would you take him and why wouldn't you take him? I think I can make it. I think I got 25 shots. I think I can make it. Now let me caveat this with a statement Shane told me recently. Shane, my son, who's 10, recently had three teeth pulled out of his mouth. Wow. Oof. So he had the note of a cane put in. And I said, you know, when you get older, what they'll do is they'll knock you out when you take your wisdom teeth out. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, they give you... Uh, like a, a, a drug they put over your mouth and it, you count down from 10 and it knocks you out so you, you wake up and you don't feel anything. Oh, that wouldn't work on me. <laughs> I'm like, what wouldn't work on you? The anesthesia? Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, that, that's the drug. Like it's, the job is to make sure it, you don't feel anything. Like when daddy did it, I got 10, 9, and I don't remember anything else. <laughs> He's like, you only got to 9? <laughs> like, Shane, you won't get beyond 9. He's like, oh, I would at least, I'd get to, I, it wouldn't work on me. I'd get to like 2. <laughs> so let me caveat this by saying I think I can make one out of the 25 and in my DNA perhaps perha- I may be too optimistic <laughs> yes <laughs> yes That's okay. I just don't think 25 million is my price of freedom yeah I yeah I said I mean this is a, a told this is a, a I listen to all of the real crime and prison <laughs> documentaries. One of my favorite podcasts I is changed my end. Is, is Ear Hustle. Yeah, yeah. And like, I am. Oh, wow. He's going to make this real. I just, I don't know. Like, when it comes to like the prison system, prison reform, all those things, I'm, I, I don't know. I just, I'd listen to, I'd listen to a lot of it. I do a ton of research on it. Um, it's not a place I ever 
want to be. Of course. Yeah, not. and if I got uh, to dot, 15, dot, dot again, those next 10 shots. Oh, you're really nervous. You're you don't make really in the nervous. first 15. <laughs> yeah, you're that's done. a good point. You're done. Yep. You're, yeah, your confidence is going to. Anyway, anyway. I'll, I'll get back to you with my full answer. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I don't. I, risk and reward, man. I don't know. It's a, that's a, that's a, it's you know not what? a fun place to be. <laughs> how, many, how many times do we have to learn this? I think it's more just about who's a hooper and who's not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we are and, you know, you say yes. yeah, yes. I said yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Chris and Tim, thanks so much for doing this. So I guess for the people listening, one last time, uh, this will, I guess the application process opens up. Now, whenever you hear this, mm-hmm. it's yep, open. It's open. We start. I'll the, include the link in the show notes. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, we'll have a link to it. And the program kicks off the very first week of March. Um, and it'll be going for 12 weeks. Hopefully there's a bartender or two or three or four out there that heard this and it resonates. If you're not a bartender and you just want to follow along, yeah, you know we're going to be yeah. posting on social and um, doing all all things Knob Creek Jogging Club. So, and when it comes back to it, guys, don't forget to tip your bartender. Yeah, I oh, mean yeah. that's what this we can't say it enough. Everyone has been hurt by this, but when these bars and restaurants are open again, please make your first tip at least 30 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and support local if you can. You know, I mean, there's places doing to go. There's places doing takeout. There's I, you know, I, I know right now not everyone can financially do that every night of the week, but if you got local bars and restaurants doing it, say what's up, leave a nice tip, let them know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we miss them. Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. Thanks to the guys for the awesome and fun conversation. If you're a bartender or knows who's someone who is a bartender and it would be an awesome fit for the jogging club, feel free to reach out to Tim or Chris. I've included their Instagram handles in the show notes. You can find them also really easily just by searching Chris and Tim Heisler. I have to relay the following message from the Knob Creek team. Drink responsibly. Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 50% alcohol, 2021 Knob Creek Distilling Company out of Claremont, Kentucky. Subscribe to the City Smag newsletter to get all of your running news in your inbox from me. Again, if you want to keep this show going strong in 2021, throw us a couple bucks on Patreon or pick up some of our cool merch on, in the City Smag store. The links to do all of that are in the show notes. That's all I've got. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. I've got two months till my race. And i got to say, right now, legs are feeling good.